Hey everybody, it's Charles from HumbleMechanic.com. Today we are going back in time and we're going to do about a two-month review on our 2015 Tiguan that we leased right when our daughter was born. This is episode 84 of the Humble Mechanic Podcast. All right, so I stripped the audio out of the video that I did right after we got our Tiguan, about two months after we got our Tiguan, and weirdly in the video I'm wearing a polo shirt, which almost never happens. That is not relevant to what we're gonna talk about today in any way, but I watched it and I thought it was super funny. Now there's actually a handful of things I'm gonna add at the end that came up in the time after this video had come out, both on the Tiguan and really on the engine primarily since that, uh, boy, that CCT engine has sure come uh, come to be somewhat problematic and kind of a good moneymaker for you technicians. Real quick though, before we get into that short-term review, if you guys wanna support the show, check out the crew membership program, awesome discounts, exclusive content, I'll leave that at that for today. Let's jump in and listen to my initial review, then I'm gonna come back and drop some extra stuff on you guys from after we had our Tiguan. We purchased it on July 15, so that was about a month and a half ago. It currently has 2,342 miles on it, and about 1,100 or so of those miles was a trip up to Ohio to visit my good buddy, Eric the Car Guy. So I've had a lot of seat time in this Tiguan, both you know to and from work, as well as an extended test drive. And there's a lot I like about the Tiguan. There's a few things that I'm not in love with about the Tiguan. This is a vehicle we purchased trading in our Nissan Frontier. This is actually my wife's car. I still drive daily my 2005 Passat wagon, but I figured it would be kind of silly to do a Tiguan review from my Passat, so I took the Tiguan today. Let's start off with the things that I really like about the Tiguan. There's a lot of storage. There's storage in the front doors. There's a compartment just in front of my left knee. There is two compartments just forward of the gear selector, also a really big glove box and a center console storage. You also have storage for cards right here as well as down below just forward of the shifter. And even a storage compartment right here on top of the dashboard, which would be an awesome place for vehicle gauges like the Beetle has, but I don't think that's going to be a modification that I'm going to do anytime soon. Speaking of modifications, the only modification so far is the auto up and auto down windows with the remote that I did a video on, as well as window tint. If you're looking through this camera, you can see back here that you're not seeing a whole heck of a lot, especially compared to what you see in my Passat. We have 35% on the front windows, 5% on the back, as well as the uh, cargo compartment. And then the back window, we only did 20 so that visibility was a little bit better out of the back window. One of the other things that I really like about the Tiguan is it's very familiar for me. I've driven Volkswagens for years, so everything makes sense to me. I get it, I like the bright white lighting of the instrument cluster as well as the radio. Um, this is the first time I've ever had a car with HD radio, so this is really cool. You know, a lot of this radio type stuff is very new for me as a daily driver or, or a car that I own, so that's, so that's really cool. As far as what it's like being behind the wheel, you're in a small SUV, so you're sitting more like you would be in a chair as compared to a car where your legs are a little bit more forward. Some people really like that, some people don't. It's just a function of the vehicle. I was able to find a pretty comfortable spot with, uh, with where my seat's adjusted. Overall ride quality is pretty good. It's about what you'd expect out of a small SUV. It definitely doesn't handle like a GTI, but it also handles a lot better than something comparable in the class, which would be like a Honda CRV. We actually had a Honda CRV about nine years ago, and uh, my wife loved it, storage was great, but it had no power and I hated it for that. 
power-wise, acceleration-wise, smoothness of transmission-wise, it's pretty good. There are some points where you'll feel a little bit of jerkiness in the transmission, especially stop-and-go traffic, kind of like I'm in now. Part of that is the transmission trying to predict what you're about to do. When you're in stop-and-go traffic and you're on and off the throttle, on and off the brake, the engine computer and transmission computer are trying to give you the best overall quality of drive, so sometimes that's interpreted wrong when you've been on the brake for a while, the car thinks you're going to stop, and you mash the gas. There's a little bit of awkwardness there, but that's really common across the brand as well. Um, I like the steering wheel controls. I do say that I hit the buttons on the steering wheel quite a bit more than I would like to, and that usually turns on the Bluetooth voice command, which works all right. I haven't used it a ton. I've tested it a few times. I find it easier just to scroll through and pick the person that I want to call. I really only talk to a couple people while I'm driving anyway, so it's not a huge deal for me. If you are someone that is on the road a lot, that may be more of a priority for you than it is for me. Power-wise, compared to other vehicles that I've driven in this class, which I have driven the CRV and the Toyota RAV4, it's pretty good. Um, you know, it's a two-liter turbo CCTA engine that the Passat, the CC, the GTI, Jetta GLIs have, um, so it's a very common engine. Bottle's pretty responsive. Uh, I've been averaging just under 30 miles per gallon. Most of that has been the 20 mile trip from my house to work. I was able to squeak 33 out at one point on that same from my house to work drive. I will tell you that I get quite a bit less miles per gallon on my way home usually because I'm in a lot more hurry to get home than I am, uh, am to get to work. I'm also a big user of cruise control, which definitely can impact your miles per gallon. At least for someone like me, it keeps me out of the throttle quite a bit. So overall drive quality wise, I think the Tiguan's good. I think it's as good or better than anything else I've driven in the class. Again, I have to keep telling myself, Charles, you're not driving a GTI. Charles, you're not driving a GTI. One more time, Charles, you are not driving a GTI. And when I think about it that way, it drives like you would expect. Now there are a few things that I really think the Tiguan kind of falls short on and none of them are really deal breakers, it's more of minor annoyances. First one is the backup camera. So this is a Tiguan S but it's pretty well equipped, heated seats and a backup camera, things that I didn't expect to get at the entry level Tiguan. But the backup camera is really dark. It doesn't seem to matter what the ambient lighting is, the camera's really dark and it is kind of hard to see. I've cleaned it a bunch, made sure that there's no plastic on it or anything like that. And it just seems to be a product of the RCD 510 coupled with that camera. Uh, I've checked four or five other Tiguans and they all seem to be the same. So I don't think there's anything wrong with this Tiguan. That's just a design characteristic. Also, one thing that I've noticed is the trim around the shifter is a brushed aluminum type look and it really tends to reflect sunlight back right into my face. Uh, the window tint has helped that tremendously, but I feel like if that were a matte finish or a darker color, then we could have avoided that situation. I've also noticed that even at this low of mileage, some of the interior started to pill and make little white balls of fabric. It's not a big deal, and I've seen a lot of cloth interior Tiguans, and none of them have had tremendous wear on the interior. It's just something that kind of catches your eye because you got these white little pills all over your seats that you don't necessarily expect to see on a brand new car. Really the only thing that would shy me away from owning a Tiguan and really liking the vehicle is the space. It's just a little too small. I've kind of used the 10% analogy with the Tiguan. So it's just 10% away from being a really great small SUV. If it was just 10% bigger, 
and 10% more comfortable, this would be a home run vehicle. As far as working on the vehicle from a DIY standpoint or a maintenance standpoint, it's really one of the easier vehicles we have. The only thing that's kind of a challenge on the Tiguan is dealing with the belly pan. And if you've worked on Volkswagens before, you know that dealing with the belly pan is a challenge no matter what vehicle it is. Some are a lot easier than others, but this one does have a belly pan that's a little bit tricky to deal with. Luckily, the oil filter's on top, which makes it very easy to change. Air filter replacement, battery replacement, pollen filter replacement, all very easy. This does have an electronic parking brake, so if you do need to do rear brakes on the vehicle, you will need a scan tool in order to retract the piston to change the pads. So that's one thing you want to be aware of if you're a DIYer. And I gotta say, overall, for the price, I think it's a pretty good buy. We're leasing this Tiguan at 2,000 miles. I'm still not sure whether or not we're going to be buying this vehicle out at the end of the lease. That's one of the great things about a lease is at the end of your, your time frame, you just hand them the keys and go about your day. I feel like right now, if I had to make a decision, if mileage wasn't an issue and I wasn't close or over my mileage on my lease, I would probably trade it for something else. Don't let that make you shy away from buying a Tiguan. Again, I think it's a good quality vehicle. There's a lot I like about it, a lot I explained that I liked about it. I think it fits for a lot of people, especially if you want an SUV and a Volkswagen and can't afford a Touareg like me, or can't afford a Q5 and, and move up into the Audi brand, which, you know, like me, I think it's a pretty good vehicle to have. And my wife likes it. She's very comfortable in it. She likes being up higher, which is one of the reasons why we went with the Tiguan. I gotta say, I'm very critical and nitpicky of a lot of different things. For most people, they're generally not deal-breaking type things. Again, the only thing that I would say that's kind of a deal-breaker for me and my family is gonna be the space. So if you don't remember us getting this Tiguan, when our daughter was born, we went ahead and leased this Tiguan. It was a stupid cheap lease, like $180 a month or something for three years, 12,000 miles a year, which uh, typically anyway was perfect for the driving that we did, uh, ended up taking the car on a couple of road trips. In fact, the one that uh, I mentioned in the video was up to see Eric the car guy, drove it down to Atlanta a few times, out to the beach, I think a couple of times and some other stuff too. Overall, uh, the Tiguan is all right. Now, the Tiguan that we're talking about here is a 2015. The Tiguan pretty much 09 to 16 was actually, scratch that, the Tiguan from 09 uh, to 2018, limited uh was pretty much the same car a couple of there was a facelift and some electronics and side change but overall it was pretty much the same car and it wasn't a bad small suv but the the big thing and i i mentioned this a hundred times in the video was uh it was small it's just not enough space even for one kid can't imagine like two kids mom dad or two kids and a family whatever four people going on a trip and having to stuff all their suitcases and everything and it would have been rather tight. Crazy because my Passat actually had more room. The B5.5 Passat wagon had more room than the Tiguan. But we have to think about what the Tiguan was. It was essentially a Golf, a four-door Golf. Well, Rabbit, I guess, maybe more accurately a Rabbit. And that's what it was. It was a small, small, small SUV. I think a lot of the things and a lot of the concerns that I had with the Tiguan when we owned it were really rectified when the new body style Tiguan came out, and then of course the Atlas, which is a huge, enormous vehicle, uh, came out as well, you know, overcame a lot of those things too. Uh, since then, when we turned the lease in on our Atlas, we actually bought, uh, it was about six months after we turned it in, we bought a 2015 Torag, diesel Torag, which my wife is in love with. She loves that crazy thing, and it's awesome, ton of power, great fuel economy, good amount of room, 
I kind of wish it was a little bit bigger too, but really no need for that. There were a couple of other things that, you know, since owning that Tiguan and since I've shot that video and, and stripped the audio out for you guys, I wanted to bring up. If you're considering getting a Tiguan, these are a few things you may want to consider. Um, none of these, I don't think, are deal breakers. Just some little nitpicky. You guys know me. I'm nitpicky as heck uh, on some of this stuff. So that generation Tiguan, terrible backup camera. If you are not a backup camera user, completely irrelevant. Uh, actually, the Torag backup camera is not much better either. The one on the Golf R is fantastic. It's, it's like seeing an HD for the first time compared to those other ones. But the, the backup camera, just the resolution was not good at all. And Lord help you, if you were in a low light situation, ugh, you weren't going to see anything out of the back. Of course, we could just turn our head like we did for a billion years before backup cameras were, were standard on cars, and you're just fine. One of the things, and this has seemed to drive me insane about every Volkswagen and its other cars too that have come out in the last five or six years, is this highly reflective interior pieces. There is a chrome trim on the Tiguan and many other VWs around the shifter that the sun is like attracted to it. And of course, whatever angle is, it shoots back right into your eyeball. And it's super distracting and it's super uncomfortable. So I would usually like throw something over the shifter to uh, to prevent that from really reflecting right back into your face. Um, I, I don't understand. Like it looks cool, but I don't understand what manufacturers' obsessions are with this highly reflective interior trim, uh, chrome trim or whatever. Sorry, plastic with a chrome finish on it. We'll call it uh, that on the Mark Seven Golf Golf R. Uh, all track and whatnot uh, actually peels and if you search it you'll see people with their cut finger because the uh, the plastic's so sharp I don't understand why we have to have this highly reflective stuff yes it looks cool but man it's just super distracting when uh, when you're driving and that, that's something I think you probably wouldn't notice on a test drive but boy a month in could be super problematic in addition to that uh, Tiguan's have proven to be very water leak heavy the ones that have the panoramic sunroof are the ones that primarily have the issue. I used to be okay with sunroofs. Now I actually kind of search out cars that don't have sunroofs just because I don't want to deal with it. And I hardly ever open them anyway. But those panoramic roofs, the sunroofs leak, and the sunshade likes to sag over time too. So you could have a saggy sunshade and then water stains and leaks and whatnot. And that can, that can be problematic. And that is only on the ones that do have the sunroof. The CCTA, the engine in the, the Tiguan, uh, boy, it's probably one of the more problematic engines that VW has come out with since I've worked with the brand, which is running uh, over 15 years now, I guess. Oil leaks, coolant leaks, timing chain issues, cam issues, rear main seals, which is an oil leak, upper end, bottom end, you kind of name it, oil pressure issues, balance shaft issues, you kind of name it, these, these engines do have a problem. Usually, after the first repair, it's okay, but, you know, does that mean you're going to only have to do it once in 300,000 miles? Probably not. That's probably a multiple time in that kind of mileage thing. The good thing now is you can actually get the Tiguans pretty cheap, and if you do make those repairs, at least, or if they've been done recently, at least it's a pretty good amount of time, 60, 70, 80, 100,000 miles before you have to really worry about anything. And when these repairs are done properly they usually last even longer. And I think the key there is done properly. Coolant leaks from the water pump, which is plastic, are very, very common on this engine across the brand, Audi as well. One of the reasons that people repeatedly have to have water pumps, there's two main reasons. One, the reason the water pump is leaking is due to an oil leak above where the water pump is. So it's leaking oil right onto this plastic water pump housing. The seal swells, it cracks the plastic. Now you have an oil leak and a coolant leak. 
they're not getting these oil leaks repaired. So if you don't fix the oil leak, you're just going to continue to have this problem over and over and over and over again. Uh, there's metal housings that you can buy for the water pump that doesn't solve the gasket swelling. It may reduce the amount of coolant that leaks when it happens, but you really need to get the oil leak fixed too. Otherwise, just going to be on a, like a broken record of going round and round and round with it. The other issue that I've seen commonly, unfortunately, is due to workmanship issues, the pump not getting installed properly, not getting torqued properly, the block surface not getting cleaned properly, all that kind of stuff really, really has shown to be an issue too. So if you do need to get these repairs done or you make these repairs yourself, make sure you take your time, you do it the right way, do both oil and coolant leak if you have it and get it done right. Otherwise you're just gonna be repeatedly fixing the same problem over and over and over and over again. So we did not end up keeping the Tiguan. We turned it back in for lease, actually ended up parking it for about two months before our lease was up because we were getting pretty close on miles and I didn't want to have to pay uh, a mileage penalty for going over on mileage. Not a bad car, but I feel like if it was a great car, we would have kept it. Uh, just not really what we needed, I think, for our needs. Much happier in the Torag than, uh, than we were in the Tiguan, but that shouldn't be terribly surprising because the Torag knew, new for new, and we bought it used, the Torag new for new is pretty much double the price of the Tiguan, so you would expect it to be quite a bit nicer. So guys, with that, I'm going to wrap it up. As always, questions or comments, swing over to episode 84, I think I said 84, of the Humble Mechanic Podcast, and you can leave it on the website. You can always leave those comments on the Facebook post as well. One last thing, if you guys feel up to it, swing over to iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast and leave it a review. Let me know what you think. If you think it's awesome, cool. If you think it sucks, or like the one dude said, uh, this podcast has no information, and it's a shame that anyone can have a podcast today, which is uh, very vague, but whatever, you know, that's cool. There's a lot of people that know way more stuff than I do, so uh, that's fine with me. Uh, leave it a review, let me know what you think. Whether you love it or hate it, either way, I appreciate you taking the time to let me know. With that, I'm out. Actually, if you are listening to this the day it comes out, there's a good chance that I am driving Audis in the Arctic Circle. What the heck am I talking about? Well, make sure you follow me on either Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and I'm trying to get to understand TikTok, but feel like just a pretty old dude in that space. But you never know. Maybe we'll figure it out. So guys, with that, have an awesome day, and I'll talk to you again next time.